0: you know we're we're talking about mindset and we're talking about confidence and we're talking about like a lot of stuff today with with tom so i need i need your morning routine i need to make sure that you're on your grind every day sarah
1: yes so i would say my morning routine is pretty set in stone um fairly regimented in that I normally wake up pretty early, uh, probably right around 6. I have coffee. I go for a walk. I do listen to a podcast depending on how negative it is. I will listen to the whole thing or only a part of it because sometimes the news can just be too oppressive <laughs>
0: for me. Yeah. I have
1: to turn it off because I don't want that negative energy to take away from my mindset through the rest of the day because I think sometimes especially recently with the news my god you know coronavirus killer bees like everything going on
0: wait there's killer bees now
1: yes they're well I actually don't know if they're super prevalent anymore but for a while like last spring there were these killer Japanese bees, and it was really it was upsetting to me and so I stopped listening to podcasts because I was upset by it
0: Yeah, well, you got to stop listening to uh, Wasp Hour every morning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what's getting me. It's Wasp Hour.
0: The Wasp Hour. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. And then I
1: think for the rest of my morning routine, I typically have some breakfast, um, and then I just try to set intentions for the day, whatever that is. So I'll look at my calendar and kind of understand, like, what type of day I need to prepare for. Um, and it's a little different, I would say than, you know, most contractors listening to this because I do work from home. So I'm not necessarily having to interact with people, but just getting up the mindset and honestly, the confidence that I know what I'm doing every day <laughs> and that I can go into meetings with the confidence, not only of myself, but you know, of the products that I work on, et cetera. How about you? Uh, yourself?
0: That is, that is start? so, that is so peaceful. Um, it must be so nice, uh, So full disclosure, I have a child in my home, I have a child on the way, I have three animals in the house. And so when I wake up, it is just like uh, tempering and meeting expectations of all the living things and beings in my home. So it's like, I'm like, let me tell you, okay, I'll walk you through it. But it's literally like, wake up, put on a cartoon on the TV. So the child, when she wakes up, has something to do. Get her like little breakfast together so she can eat, then I like go make her lunch and then I make myself breakfast and coffee and then I make sure the dogs are fed or that well, actually that they go outside. And -hmm. then that they're like it is like and then it's like if there's daycare that day for the animals, I have to like call and make sure that there's space for them at the daycare (laughs) it's like it's uh, Sarah yours seems so peaceful because it's just like i listen to a podcast and if i can turn, i just turn off the negativity me (laughs) it's like i have to put my hard hat on i have to go to war uh every morning no is it is really it is really nice i i take such like pleasure in taking care of people in my family so i like actually really really care like And love like being able to like cook little lunches for her and like you know, those obnoxious people on Instagram that are like, I cut her strawberries into into hearts.
1: Yeah, like the bento boxes.
0: (laughs) Sarah, I cut her strawberries into hearts. I'm insane. (laughs) Not well. (laughs) Not well. I'm cutting strawberries into hearts. And um, but yeah, but then like uh during all of that, I figure out a way to like look at my schedule, like, oh. Like, do i have a 9 a.m do i have an eight you know eight o'clock whatever and then i'm trying to kind of like okay well the today like today it's a recording day we're recording right that's all i'm doing today and then tomorrow i'm just gonna be like i know it's an editing day and i'm gonna be editing and putting things out and all that stuff um but yeah my wife and i like we both tag team all of that and then we got to take the kid and the dog to school and there's just like all this noise and i think it's it's interesting it's like depending where you are in your life it's like cutting through the noise that's like coming in you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's either doggies and kids or it's you know wasp hour and it's just all the news about like where the hot spots are to find uh, what do wasps eat other bugs
1: um, I think it depends. Yeah. But uh, I think generally speaking, like larva, ants, other bugs, I think.
0: Oh, that's messed up. That's like baby insects. That's fair. They haven't uh, even had a chance to bug me. I gone see. Too, you I see what you mean. Gone did. too soon. Gone too soon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like mindset, whether you know your day is starting out and you're gonna have an editing day, recording day, or a day similar to mine. It's like setting intention for the day and setting a goal, whatever that is. And I think for a lot of our contractors, you know, most contractors I speak to have pretty substantial goals. You know, they're entrepreneurs, they want to grow their business. They want to get to, you know, a million dollars in revenue by the end of the year, but it's like setting micro goals daily. I feel like can help so much more. Even for me, sometimes I need to be like, okay, what's the goal just today? You know, I have this long-term goal and I think For a lot of contractors, and I know that Tom, the contractor's fight, would totally agree with me in setting, like, sometimes you just have to set the goal for today as a contractor. It could be, okay, I want to go out and give six estimates today. Okay, I want to go out and make sure that we finish this job in two days. Whatever it is, but just making sure that you're setting intention for the day and you have your mindset right, you know, after the coffee, after wasp hour, after cutting strawberries into hearts. That's what's important. Ultimately,
0: let's get into this interview. Uh, We don't have to tell you that running a business is a huge commitment. (laughs) Time away from friends and family, uncertainty about how you're going to grow your business and finding ways to get faster takes its toll.
1: Tom Reber is the brains behind the contractor fight. Uh, Tom motivates and connects contractors to business resources that get them out of bad habits and into good money.
0: To find out more about Tom and how he can help your business, whether you're just starting out or are finally tired of working harder and not seeing progress, check out thecontractorfight.com. Here's a conversation with Tom.
1: We are super happy to be joined here by Tom. Tom runs The Contractor Fight. Uh, He runs a podcast as well as a construction business coaching That talks about marketing, sales, mindset, philosophy, and we'll go ahead and jump off here. Tom, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Appreciate you guys having me. How are you doing today?
1: We're doing really well. Down in Austin, it's fall here, so we're finally getting out of like the 104 degree weather, which I'm Ah. pumped about, to be very
2: honest. There you go. Well, this morning in Colorado Springs, it was like 33 32 degrees right at freezing so and then it'll it'll be like 70 this afternoon and then it'll be cold again and then mother nature's a little psycho out here so totally Um, it's that time of
1: year where you leave your house bundled up in the morning Mm -hmm. tons of jackets and midday you're actually sweating fully well you know
2: how you work around that you just don't leave so early that's true. You stay home Your longer. house
1: at 10. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I know many of the contractors who listen to this wish that was a luxury. Yeah. I feel like contractors <laughs> are, are, are the home improvement professionals we work at are out are out the door at probably like 5, 6 a.m. <laughs> um, awesome. and I I know that you you know have a pretty storied past in the home improvement business, but I'd love to open it up. And if you could just tell us a little bit, you know, about your story and kind of Mm -hmm. how you got started in the home improvement contracting space, that would be great.
2: Yeah. So I, I grew up in a, uh, family of contractors. My, my dad was a tile guy, um, among other things earlier on before that he had a couple of businesses. Um, my grandfather was in the painting industry. My uncle's in the painting industry. I have other uncles that, you know, were home builders and this and that. And, um, i ended up uh getting into the painting industry when i got out of the marine corps a long time ago um and i uh it's funny i never wanted to be in the trades i was never attracted to it because everybody i knew in the trades as much as i love my family they were tired broke never home you know they were always dirty um you know and i'm like man what what kind of life is that i mean honestly that was just you know my friends i grew up outside of chicago and wheaton illinois you know, literally, literally I was on one side of the tracks and where we had about a thousand square foot home uh, that we didn't even own. We rented it. Um, you know, and on the other side of the tracks were all my friends on the football team and stuff. And their dads were doctors and lawyers and engineers, and they had fancy houses and cars and we're always going on vacations. And, and I just, um, I had a real bad taste in my mouth for the trades, just I think because of that. And it's it was a lot of my own head trash, a lot of my own um, garbage between my ears that that I had to resolve. Um, but it, um, it kind of led to me doing everything I could to get out and not be in the trades. Um, but lo and behold, I got out of the Marine Corps, didn't know what I was gonna do. And I ended up working for my uncle, running some of his crews and his painting business. And then a few years later, started my own company, uh, painting business outside of Chicago. We grew that to doing about three to 400 projects a year, residential projects, uh, had a great reputation, um, had a good run. I sold my half of the company back in, I guess it was 2012 now, early 2012. And, um, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, can you speak at this event, you know, about marketing your business? You did a pretty good job with your painting business. And I spoke and next thing I know, I was in business coaching people. So, and fast forward, you know, almost, what is it, nine years now, um, if my math is right. Yeah, I got it. And, um, you know, we're we're helping tens of thousands of contractors all over the world, you know, to stop stealing from their families is really our, our big goal here.
1: Totally. And I think yeah. some of that It is really interesting to me in the story that you told, and I think is so true, is this family business aspect that I love in the home improvement industry, where it's like you have, you know, these huge families that are running painting companies. And it's it's interesting to hear you say that you wanted to escape it for so long and then just ended up totally embracing it. Because if you know how to run a business correctly and you're not taking time away from yourself and you're not spending all your time out of your house, it can be such a fulfilling, incredible career but you just got to do it right. As you've
2: always said. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and, you know, listen, I, you know, without going crazy here, my, I had a lot of baggage, uh, with my own worth, my own confidence, even though I, I was a, you know, decorated Marine and all this other stuff. I, I'm pretty successful in athletics and I still had a lot of confidence issues about, um, my worth. I thought I was stupid. You know, I, I literally was in special ed for a couple of years in grade school, rode the short bus, um, and, um, and that baggage I carried around with me for many years, um, where I just wouldn't, I didn't try in school. Cause I thought I was stupid. Um, I wouldn't engage in a, uh, I, I remember conversation after conversation with old business partners of mine or whatever it was, where I would not share my opinion because I didn't trust myself to be smart. And this was I'm 52 now. And this was up until I was, you know, 35, 40 years old. I mean, it was following me around for a long time. And so, um, so that's where a lot of my, that's how I ended up back in the trades, to be honest with you, was I'm like, I'm not smart enough to do anything else. And what's funny is I've come full circle now through the past, you know, several years where I'm like, I truly in my deep down DNA level, believe that home improvement contractors are some of the smartest people on the planet. Um, the, the. The battles we have to fight every day from employees, and I don't mean fight like arguing, I just mean, you know, building a team and playing psychologist with your, or shrink with your clients and your employees. And you have to learn how to market and sell and lead and price your work. And, and then you get into the physical aspect of the work too. I mean, you you combine all these things and I'm like, holy cow, man, we're, we're pretty dang talented in this, uh, in this industry. And I'm proud to be part of it. I really am. 100%.
1: It takes a different type of intelligence to manage all those balls in the air. Like to not only, oh, like my team, I have to figure out how to market online and do digital advertising, but I also have to figure out how to sell and I have to figure out how to close. How do I do like Mm. online ratings and reviews? It's so much self-taught, which I think is Mm. where like businesses like yourself come in where it's you can be a resource so contractors don't have to teach every single thing to themselves and they can turn right. people who've done it before them
2: to learn more about the industry. Yeah you just need you need to be in a community where somebody's even a half a lap ahead of you. You know, if you could just be in a community where you know you you can just follow someone else's lead and um and at the same time those that are a half a lap ahead, you know, remember what it's like being back there. And all of us are half a lap ahead or behind to somebody. Right. So I just think it's the community is so important for home improvement contractors. Most of them feel uh, very alone. They they, like nobody knows what they're going through or, you, you know, they don't even know certain things are possible in the trades. Like a big thing we talk about is I mean, you're the change order podcast. So we'll talk about money, right? Like it's a lot of guys have no idea that it's possible to make the profit margins we coach people to make and stuff like that. They just think they go with the going rate. They think they're, you know, they're shackled to the going rate in their area and, um, they need to be in a community where their eyes could be open. They could just see what's possible.
0: Oh yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about those those you know going into new areas or maybe like generating leads for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it w- I think it would be an interesting kind of exercise. Um, you know, if if you were like given a business today, like you know, what would you check first to make sure that they were going to be able to generate enough leads for their business or enough like enough interest in their business? Like, what's a f- like a first couple of things you'd be like? Okay, you need to make sure you're this and you're that.
2: Yeah. Well, let's get past all you start a business, let's get past all the legality, right? You know, you get your bank account and you're registered and you're licensed if you need licensing, all that other stuff. That's taken care of. Your the minute you do all that stuff, print your business card and go, hey, Tom's construction or whatever, you now have forfeited the right to be a craftsman first. Okay. Doesn't mean craftsmanship is not important. Doesn't mean that you know you shouldn't do amazing work and be proud of the work and stuff, but the minute you go into business for yourself. You have to have that mind shift that I'm, I am now a business person first and foremost. And the number one thing you need in a business for a business to operate is you need sales, you need customers and leads. And so I see a lot of people make that mistake where they come in and I did this too. I came in and I had like, I don't know, probably had 50, $60,000 of paint jobs lined up in my first couple months of business because of like, you know, your friends, your family, the people at church that I knew and stuff, they're like, Hey, we want to support you and this and that. And they, and so I came out of the gate as a one man show really hard and made great money in those first couple months. And then all the work dried up. Right. And that happens a lot because people, they hit the ground running, they go, this business thing's easy. And then those initial, that initial wave of work goes away of those people that get you off the ground. And that's, And so this goes back to you have to understand or accept the fact that you have to be a marketer and a salesperson above everything else in your business. And so uh, when you start, very few contractors, by the way, will start a business and have bags and bags of money in their closet to do it. And most will not have a marketing plan or a business plan, have any idea what they should charge and all. And that's fine, right? You know, we all start somewhere that you started, pat yourself on the back. But um, if you really want to have the business you want, the freedom you want, and all that other stuff, you have to be a a master at this marketing game. And so when you come out of the gate, the reason I said they don't have a lot of money is you're in the hustle and grind phase. This is when it's like um, you have to be on the attack. Like you have to be up every morning throwing the first punch into the face of the day. Um, if you're going to be in business and I don't care if you have 10 projects to work on, you still have to market every single day, 365 days a year. Um, and then you'll get to a point where when you price your work, right, you have profits, things like that. You can reinvest back into the company and do more automated things, but that hustle and grind phase is so important. You know, we, we have a whole training that we do on it because it's been such a big issue for guys is, um, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to market. They don't even know what really marketing is. They don't know the importance of building a brand. They don't understand how building a brand will actually bring you employees, you know, and make it easier to build a team. It'll bring you the right customers, um, you know, but it's shaking hands. It's kissing babies. It's being, I mean, when I started, I I truly, the one thing I got right <clears throat> was, I knew I needed to meet people. That's all I knew. I didn't have a website for like three years. Now this was early two thousands too when it wasn't okay. Like, I was like, right? so,
1: three yeah. years.
2: Yeah, but well, there, listen. There's people that are that have joined our communities right now that are building their first website after three, four, five years in business. Um, there was people that don't have their truck wrapped, and I'm going to tell you right now. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm going to get a little fired up here, but if you do not have a wrapped vehicle as a home improvement contractor, you're a hack. That's how you come across. You're a hack. You might as well pull up in the piece of crap, rusty van with leaky oil and park in my driveway. Cause that's what I think of. And so, and when I see, and there's guys, well, I just, you know, I like to keep work at work and life separate and it, it doesn't happen that way. Like you have to be your own biggest fan. If you're going to be in business for yourself, you should proudly wear your team colors, right? You probably, you know, I mean, in the contractor fight, I coach and my team coaches people all over the world. Pretty much everything's online unless we do a live event like we just did. Um, We do about four or five a year and we do some workshops in person and stuff. But I live in Colorado Springs. I might have out of the thousands of people in our community, I might have five contractors in the Springs that I know are part of our program. Yet I have a tatted up lettered vehicle for the contractor fight. I'm not a locally based business necessarily, but I'm still out there going, Hey, you know, put the light on us. Cause why have a business if you're not going to tell people about it. And so that, you know, and that, listen, I get it. Guys are like, well, it's a lot of money for a wrap." Listen, it's, it's a drop in the bucket compared to how many times your phone's going to ring and, you know, the leads you're going to get same with a website, you know, like <clears throat> I've done a lot of videos in this and I get really fired up. So I'll, I'll try to be really calm here. Today. Um, guys will gripe and complain about dropping 15 grand on a website. Okay. And some, some of the listeners went right now going, Oh my God, 15 grand on a website, but you don't have a problem going about going out and buying a truck. You can't afford with the big automatic windows that stretch out like airplane wings and all this other stuff. And, you know, it's all jacked up and this, you'll go drop 60, $80,000 on a truck. Okay. That's going to depreciate. And, and unless it's wrapped, okay. It ain't going to add value to your business as much as a kick butt website will, right. That is a sales tool that is, you know, optimized with great content and all these things. Um, that's going to bring you millions of dollars of revenue over the next couple of years. I mean, literally millions of dollars if you do it right. And, and so, I think, like, yeah. wrapping the
1: vehicle to me is such a ties in so well to like waking up and just having the mindset like, this is my business. These are the team yep. colors that I wear. And I'm proud to be building the business around town. I love the idea of like kissing babies. That feels very yep. presidential to me. And yep. I love that you're a part of the community. And ultimately, the community is what's going to be able to support your business. Yeah, so, they're after- know who you are. Totally. And especially after that initial launch. And I think something that we have heard so much, and we hear a ton from contractors utilizing Hearth, is, you know, those first six months, they're rocking it. They've got two guys in a truck, all their family, their church, you know, their restaurants locally support them. But it is like that initial fall off after that small businesses really seem to run into trouble. Obviously, not thinking long term and not thinking as a businessman is one of the bad habits that I think contractors early on in their building their business get into. What are a couple of other, you know, bad habits that you see contractors who are just starting their business do that you kind of look at and you're just you cringe and you're like, Oh, like stop (laughs) before this gets crazy.
2: Yeah. There there's two. Um, the first is a, is a mindset attitude thing. Like they, um, they think that the customer's in control and they're, they're not, you're in control. All right. So I had one of my kids years ago had to have surgery and the, morning of the surgery, we go in there and the surgeon walks in. He came in like, you know, a top gun pilot, you know, like he was squared away. He was dialed in and I'm talking more like his demeanor. He came in and he's like, all right, this is what's going to happen. You're going to do this. This is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Then this, and then you're going to come back for like, he just took control. I'll never forget. I was just sitting there. I was like, man, this guy knows his craft. He knows what needs to happen. This is how we're going to fix your body. And contractors on the flip side, they go into people's homes or they get on the phone with them or whatever in a a pre-qualification conversation and they just cave like they're not in control. You know this craft, you know this trade. And this isn't to say go in there and be arrogant and be a jerk and run your mouth the whole time. But it's have a confidence that they called you because they have a need and a desire or a want. And for some reason, they think you could solve that problem. So for you to go, I've had guys... um, I literally just last night, one of my fiance's friends, my fiance's a horse trainer and one of her clients shared with me at the barn. She was like, yeah, I'm trying to find a remodeler because I want to talk about this house we're going to buy and what it's going to take. And I called this guy and she's like, every contractor I call, I'm just blown away how they're, you could just sense. They have no confidence. Like they, well, I don't know. What do you want to do? And you know, that whole demeanor. And I, that the root of that is back to, um, but we didn't talk about it. The contractor fight is the fight between our ears. It's the, the real estate in our brain between our ears. That's the contractor fight. That's the battle we have to win with ourselves every day. That, um, you know, I'm going to put the work in to be a better business person, to work on my mindset, get rid of my negative self-talk, all these other things. I'm going to work just as hard on those things as I do learning the craft of my trade, right? The, the technical part of my trade. And when you do that, your confidence grows. And so I, that's what I see with contractors, number one. Number two thing, uh, big mistake is, uh, I mentioned briefly earlier, pricing your work with the going rate. Um, here's, here's a newsflash, contractors that are listening to this. One, pretty much 100% of the contractors that are out there, unless they're you know, working with a coach like me, or they read a book or what, like this, it doesn't have to be me. I'm just saying, unless they've gotten some education and got coached some way, shape or form, they're all undercharging. They're, most of them are getting in debt. Most of them only make 50, 60, $70,000 a year, which if that were the case, I'm going to hang myself. Okay. Like that's what you need to be making a month. All right. You're a home improvement contractor. All right. you, you are taking massive risks with your health, your people's health, people's property. The schedule is all out of whack. All the things we mentioned earlier about all the respect we should have for contractors and all the talent they bring you're worth 50, $60,000 a month in your pocket. Okay. And, um, that's how we're going to bring respect and dignity back to the trades is when contractors start making money and having a good life and they're in shape and all this other garbage instead of the typical, you know, connotations that people have. So, Here's, here's the, the lunacy in this. If most contractors underprice their work, don't know their numbers, are in debt, all this other stuff, then why the hell do you care about the going rate? Why would I care if you two on the screen here were my competitors? Why would I care what you're charging when pretty much 100% of contractors don't know their numbers? So the only numbers that matter are yours. So I'm going to give your audience a hack here real quick. And here's the thing, ninety, about 90% of the contractors that listen to this right now, what I'm about to say, are going to think I'm full of crap, okay? They're going to never, ever listen to me again. They're going to email you guys, hate mail going, don't ever bring that guy on. He doesn't know what he's talking about, all right? But here's the deal. If you're not, the fastest way to make money and to make your competition irrelevant is to get at least a 50% gross profit on all your work. What that means, you guys, is if it costs me a thousand bucks in labor to pay my guys, subs, whoever, and it's going to cost a thousand bucks in materials and another thousand and, you know, rentals and permits, whatever. So it's costing me three grand. Okay. That's what I get to pay to do Mrs. Jones's project. I get to pay three grand. Double it. Do not charge less than six grand for the job. That way, let's say everything goes perfect. You spend exactly three grand. You have three grand left. That's called gross profit. That's what you have left to pay your salary, your overhead, your marketing, your trucks, and all that other stuff. And the reason why guys are flipping out and they can't invest in websites and all this other stuff that we talked about earlier is their gross profits too low. Now, People in this audience right now are going to go, well, I sub all my workout, or I'm a builder, I'm a remodeler, I'm a this, I'm a that, you don't know my area, or the, you know, my the illegals, or the unlicensed guys, and all this, my customers are cheap, guys, that's all a, a load of crap, all right, and as long as you keep telling yourself that, you're going to get more of that, but I'm telling you right now, I have home builders, I have remodelers, I have painters, I have every trade under the sun in our communities, by the way, free and paid communities, just to be clear, because I put out more free content than anybody in the world for this space. Go to contractor fight TV on YouTube and I coach you there and I teach you all this stuff there for free. I just tell people you want to move faster and, and get quicker results than join one of our programs, right? So, um, but I got I got GCs that sub everything out that are producing work, selling and producing work at 50, 60% gross profit. Okay. When most of your competitors, you guys, just for reference, because I've worked with thousands, I've looked at the books of thousands of contractors over the past decade or whatever it's been, most are 20 to 30, 35% gross profit. So you do a $10,000 job, Sarah, would you rather have five grand left over to pay the bills or would you rather have 2,500 to pay the bills?
1: This feels like a true question, but I would say, of course, five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, obviously.
2: But but anyway, you know those two big mistakes. I guess the three I guess we've talked about is you don't you don't take the marketing and marketing thing seriously when you start a business. Second thing is your your mindset's jacked up because you you think you're not in control and this is your business. You started this thing, and the third thing um, is you're pricing your work based on the going rate, and that's actually the fastest way to be a common contractor who's broke, stressed, tired, marriage falling apart, out of shape, you know, and, you know, every year he's putting his resume together, thinking he wants to go back and work for somebody else. And I know all this because that was me for several years. Okay. So I'm, I've lived every bit of the pain I'm telling you guys.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, man. I, I, that makes total sense. And, you know, from, from our side over at Hearth, we're, we're, uh, we're trying to teach people like the importance like i guess like the brass tacks of this stuff right and um the podcast is part of that we have like a a contractor's toolkit that we put together and we're releasing ebooks and as the ball gets rolling on that stuff i think you know on our side it's like you know it's great to give someone tech tools to be able to kind of run their business but there's there's so much more that goes into a business than like you know invoicing and contracts and you know it's like the it's like the intangible stuff that you're talking about like the roadblocks and the obstacles that um you know in our own confidence that we that we also need to tackle um i do have one one last question and i can it kind of pertains to that but i you know i don't think we've talked about reputation management on the podcast so far i would love your thoughts on you know what are some things that contractors can do. And I think you touched on it a little bit with like, you know, walking into a room and kind of owning the situation. But like, how can they improve their reputation in their communities? Um, you know, like, what are something they can do on what's something that they can do online or in person where they're, you know, their their customers are walking away. and They're like, I love that experience. I'm going to make sure that he gets the you know, this person gets more of my business.
2: Yeah. Well, the whole, to simplify the reputation management, do what you say you will do when you say you will do it. Right. I mean, that's um, so for example, if I go to your website and I fill out a form and it says, thanks for filling the form out, we'll get back to you within 24 hours, which by the way is way too long. Um, Unless it's, I mean, seriously, I just had this conversation with a, a guy last night. Um, if I call a company, I don't care what the company is, if I call a company or fill out a form for a company, unless I'm reaching out to them after normal business hours, I expect to be communicated with within minutes. I just do. I don't, And I don't care if you're a one-man show, working in the field, and you're on a ladder, okay? Your job is to sell. Your job is to make my life easier as a customer. Um, and so if you say you're going to call, call. If you say you're going to send some paperwork over on a certain day, send some paperwork over on a certain day. If you say, you know, I mean, I go back to my painting company outside of Chicago. We were doing hundreds of jobs a year. Our secret sauce unfair advantage was the way we would communicate with people. It was, yeah, we, it was a great paint job. I had, I had the best painters around, but they came to work for us because we treated them so great and we had a great reputation for the experience we gave and the winners want to be part of that culture. Right. So, um, you know, we, if, if you, I'll I'll go back to this. If I, um, I was painting a lady's house once and I said, um, I wasn't painting and I was selling the job. I asked her, I said, what's the worst thing that can happen here when you bring a contractor in? And she says, oh, that's easy. Wake my twins up. She had like newbornish twins. She was hardly sleeping. The only time they slept straight for like 90 minutes was like at one o'clock in the afternoon or something, right? It was some crazy time. That was her only time to shut her eyes for 20 minutes or to do some things that she had to do, whatever. And I had, she explained all this to me. And I said, all right, so would it make sense if we just bumped our start time back an hour, hour and a half? We took lunch at one and I'll take... A, and it was like a four day job or something. Not a big deal. I said, we'll take lunch at one o'clock, but we'll go down the street to the park. We'll get off the property. And then I'll take, and then I just said, we'll take a lunch during the nap. And you text or call my crew leader when the kids are up, when they can come back. And she's like, you would do that? I said, yeah. So what we did is we took that hour and a half, normal half hour for lunch. We took the other hour and we did some training. We trained our guys on, you know, change orders or whatever the heck, you know, pre-job visits and stuff like that. Um, so we made it a win. So that's the experience. But she told me that in the sales process, but then we fulfilled it. And that's where the breakdown happens a lot. I'm sure all of us have had those experiences where you work with a contractor or a company, sales dude or dudette tells you one thing. I just experienced it yesterday with Xfinity, by the way. I just had to switch my cable. Whole long story because the company I had was crap. And you know it's bad if I got to call Xfinity. But anyway, um, they assured me they were going to be able to hook up a wireless uh, thing for my TV outside on my patio, okay? The guy gets here yesterday, has no idea what I'm talking about. This was pretty much the whole reason I switched companies is I needed a wireless option without me going into a bunch of detail here, Okay. And it just ticked me off. And that's an example of not fulfilling what was promised. And so um, you want to amp up your reputation. Do what you said you would do. Or here's another real simple one. Most contractors run from warranty work. All right, if I come and do an addition at your house or I do a paint job or a deck or whatever, say you got a year warranty, whatever, we will call them up. Guys, guys who are listening to this, this if you're struggling with um, work right now and the phone hasn't been ringing, then pick up, do exactly what I'm telling you right now, and you'll make some money this week. Um, call your past customers and just go, Hey, Joe, this is Tom from Tom's Decks. We did your project last year. How's it going? Great. Hey, listen, it's time for your warranty visit. And you're going to go, What's a warranty visit? You go, Well, we come out we put eyes on the project to make sure there's anything that's still under warranty that needs to be addressed before it's a big problem we can handle it so you're not on the hook for it and it gets us back in front of them and it's showing them that you're on the initiative you're not running and hiding from things most times there's not an issue we used to do that and about 40 percent of the times that we got back on the property for 10 15 20 minutes half an hour to look at something 80% of the time there wasn't an issue and 40% of the time while we were there, they said, Hey, while you're here, we've been thinking about doing this. Okay. Cause you're, you're showing them that you care. So you want a good reputation, just show people that you care, you know, and that Um, it's
1: proactive.
2: Yeah. And it's proactive. Totally, because the last thing a homeowner wants to do
1: is have to call a contractor, complain about work. And it takes a lot of work to like find a good contractor, have them come out to the house, schedule an estimate. So if you have a contractor reaching out to you to come check in on their work and also just make sure that the the house looks great, they're going to be excited and be like, oh, this is someone that I do want. Maybe now that they did my deck outside,
2: they can come in and work on this bathroom that
1: my husband and I have been talking about for six months.
2: I got a $30,000 paint job once from a buddy of mine who was a competitor he painted the house years prior and they wanted to change the color right I said who do your, who, who did the job last time it looks good and she goes oh, I was so and so i said oh man he's awesome like truly I believe he's a great guy his company's an awesome company and she, I said well why am I here not him talking to you today she says I, did, I just afraid they didn't pay attention to detail and I said that's interesting what, what was the issue there was a spot. Okay. So, you know, in a kitchen remember in in some of the older homes, I don't know if they still do this now, but some of the older homes, um, meaning 20, 30 years old, they'd have the kitchen and then there'd be the counter would drop off and they'd build like a little desk in the kitchen as a little desk area. You know what I'm talking about? Where you can sit down and pay your bills or whatever under the desk area. I swear, was a strip of drywall, maybe a foot, foot and a half long and three inches high that you can't see. You cannot see it. She says, yeah, he missed that spot under there. I'm thinking, first first thing I'm thinking, well, I'm going to raise my price, okay, if I get this job. But um, had he done a warranty call, it would have, Cause she told me, I didn't want to be a bother. I didn't, I didn't want to seem like I was nagging, but it just bothers me. I just, I was cleaning down there one day and I looked up and I saw it and I was like, I just felt like everything didn't get painted as ridiculous as that is. Had he picked up the call, had someone in his office picked up the, picked up the phone and said, Hey, we'd like to come out. I guarantee you, he would have been back to paint that $30,000 job again, because she would have felt heard, you know, as ridiculous as I think that was.
1: No, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's little things like that, that make big differences, especially when it comes to reputation. Like even contractors that I've seen be super successful at this is just like dropping by at a homeowner's house, let's say they have like a tag sale or they're moving and just being like, Hey, like, I know that we had painted for you in the past. Like, how is everything? Do you need anything? Cause it is. And I think you've mentioned this, just the community aspect of home improvement is so vital in like building up your business and keeping your reputation well-managed.
2: Yeah. And it's not that contractors are not good people and they're blowing people off and they're no, it. all. It's this, we just don't think about these things because we're so focused on all the day-to-day stuff. And this right. comes back 100- to being
1: yeah. You got hundred right. balls in the air. You're trying to, you're trying to pay yeah. your guys. You're trying to collect bills. You're trying to do it all at once. Right. Like this might fall on the back burner sometimes, but no, that makes sense. Um, and I think that's all we really have time for here, but Tom, I wanted to thank you again for coming on. It was so awesome getting a chance to talk to you again. Um, learn you more, of, of course, learn more kind of about the importance of mindset. Cause I think that's something that we forget about, to be very honest, especially as a technology partner, you know, we can give contractors the best tools in the world, but if the mindset isn't there, they're not going to be able to use them to the best of their ability. Um, right. and want to also point out if you want to find out more information about Tom and the contractor fight, he has incredible resources on their website at the Tom, I know that you mentioned you also have a YouTube channel it's Contractor Fight TV, is that correct?
2: Yeah, it's Contractor Fight on TV on uh, YouTube. We got three hundred and something videos there. We got over. Uh, I we have two different podcasts in the fight, and combined, it's well over five hundred podcasts. Um, and then I, are you cool if I give your audience a freebie? Are you, of are you course, oh All my right, so Yeah, will be very. A, with that. So I wrote a book called "Winning the Contractor Fight." It comes out uh, actually October twenty third officially. Uh, and it's about winning the war between your ears and if your listeners go to the contractorfight.com forward slash book um, just put your name in there and then we'll send you a link to order it where you just got paid pay shipping and handling and we'll send you the book so fabulous awesome i'm excited for
1: thank you so much for your time tom and um Absolutely. have a great rest of your day
2: thanks guys appreciate Alrighty. it already bye thanks